0: what is going on you constant listeners out there you're listening to the flashcast on dc comic geeks nation podcast i am your host brian from Mert 16 and in this episode we are going to be reviewing um the episode um of episode three of season six dead men running hope you all are having a wonderful week i mean i've been having a wonderful week i mean a lot of things have been going on um and a lot of it actually has been going on in the this third episode dead man running in the flash on the cw i mean we got a walking a, de- a walking dead meta we have um ralph's mother and a new wells and of course blood work is dr R- um Ramsay Rosso roso is developing quickly into the villainous blood work Having said that, we're going to get into this episode. So in the beginning of the episode, Barry and Iris ultimately decide to not give the full details of his fate involving the crisis. However, they do in, they do involve T-Flash and tell them that the right crisis is indeed coming, and it's actually not going to come on 2024, like it was previously predicted, or it was previously foreshadowed in the newspaper um, hologram in the vault. It was actually coming on December 10th of 2019 obviously everyone is shocked and up in arms about it and they want to, and you can't, like, can you blame them? And especially killer frost is really pissed because obviously she hasn't lived her full life. Um, she hasn't, she felt that she hasn't lived her full life or her full year or she hasn't grown. And you could definitely see this with team flash. They're, they're wanting to do everything they can. Like they're willing to put aside everything in order to prepare or stop or at least prepare for this crisis. So everyone's on edge, and you definitely can't blame them. But what they don't know is the fact that Barry is um, destined to die to save everyone's life. So while that's going on, Mitch Romero from the last episode, who was actually infected by um, Dr. Rosso's um, power, has become sort of a Walking Dead-like meta. And he's very dangerous, actually. Very quick, agile, and in this one scene in particular, um, several of his former dealers are are sell- are trying to sell dark matter weapons on the market. However, um, Romero comes and just slaughters him completely, and that sends Barry and um Caitlin, who's again K- Killer Frost, on to investigate, and they're actually. And actually, they um, examine the bodies that um, Mitch Romero left behind, and they notice that there's dark matter in them. So um, this takes him over to um, Dr., Dr. Ramsey Rosso's office, or his lab, perhaps. And um, before that, actually, Romero strikes again, strikes again once, you know, is on the loose once again, and Flash and Frost try to stop him, but then Killer Frost pushes him out the window with her ice powers. And this actually horrifies Barry, and he asks her, "What are you doing?" And she assures him that she didn't kill him. Um, and with this scene, particularly, this is a part of Barry trying to tra- train people in Team Flash um, from when he leaves, because he told Iris that he plans on training, preparing them once he is gone. So, I mean, basically, he has a lot. Of, he has a lot of work on his hands, it seems, um, with this whole thing, and. You can tell that basically his whole judgment is kind of impacted by the fact that he knows he's going to have to die. I mean, it's really weighing on him. And, you know, it's also weighing on Iris too. And speaking of Iris, um, we're going to get to blood work a little later on, but Iris and um, basically Iris and Cisco are investigating as well. And she was actually told by... Um, I think it was like the—I want to say her name was Angela. I—I I forgot what her name was. So, but the one, the one character who, the one meta that Iris hired on, told her that she spotted Harrison Wells. So Iris decided to actually decide to take care of it. And, and you know, this um meta trying to—mind you, she was in prison for a while, so she's trying to basically get back into society. Kind of um, how can I say this? She's trying to integrate back into society and acclimate. There you go. She's she's trying to acclimate back into society um, by being a journalist. But Iris tells her that, you know, just get some quotes from the mayor. I'll handle the whole Harrison Wells situation. So Iris and Cisco actually investigate where Wells was spotted. And speaking of this character, this meta in, in particular, the one who wants to be a journalist, you can tell she's a very good reporter. She's very good at investigating And uh, I think this meta feels that Iris is kind of like, well, Iris, first of all, recognizes the fact that she is a great reporter, though. But I think Iris is a little scared that she's going to start to find out more about Team Flash. So Iris does all she can to actually get her away from that and to investigate Wells herself. And it turns out that there is indeed a Wells, a Harrison Wells, um, you know, running amok. But um, his name we discover is Harrison Nash Wells, and when I heard the name Nash, I, I quickly thought of Charlie Nash from the Street Fighter series. Like you know, I mean, the music, Charlie Nash's music just popped in my head. It's like dan 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 dan. I mean, if any of you have played Street Fighter, you would know that Charlie Nash was like once a mentor to, um, William Guile or Guile, um, one of the other Street Fighter characters, and Nash actually sacrificed his life to protect guile from bison only to come back to life hell bent on killing bison only to recently die again but then again nash can't really stay dead and ironically too it kind of it's funny how they added. um i don't know if it was a coincidence that they added nash and mitch um you know uh, mitch romero because mitch romero was kind of like nash that he came back to life in sort of like a pseudo zombie way whereas with nash it was kind of a similar way in street fighter 5 then again i i mean i could be wrong though but i just thought that was really funny or at least kind of interesting so nash introduces himself and well they don't really find out his full name until until after they until after iris um tases him after he puts his hands on cisco so they learned that he is a Harrison Ash Wells. We don't exactly know what earth he's from or why he's even on earth one, or perhaps is he the, is he the Wells that becomes Priya in the crisis of infinite earths comic, just like Laya Diggle became Harbinger. Cause in the crisis of infinite earths, Priya is a particular character. He's sort of like a watcher of sorts. And in, um, In the issue of Crisis, you see Priya is just constantly crying because he's seeing worlds die. So we're not really sure if he's going to become Priya or perhaps if it's another Wells altogether. But Harrison Nash Wells seems way different than than Priya from the comics. I mean, he's more like an Indiana Jones type. He's adventurous, kind of like a Nathan Drake from the Uncharted series, if you will. So we're not really sure if this particular Wells is going to become prior, just like Layla Le- Le- Digg was made into Harbinger. And we learned quickly through Iris and Cisco that Nash is looking for an element called Eternium. Now, an Eternium is a shard from the Rock of Eternity after it was destroyed, which confirms the Arrowverse existence of Shazam. You know, Billy Batson, um, Black Adam. So basically, Eternium, what it does is, I read somewhere that it's a shard from the Rock of Eternity after its destruction. And what it does is it removes the powers of Shazam from those who have that power. So it's sort of like a magical kryptonite, according to this article. forgot where it was at, though. but And it can also injure other people as well. So it can also even be used sort of as a weapon. Or to harm people, at least. And it debuted in the 1998 issue of The Legion of Superheroes. I think there was a hero by the name of Thunder who was searching for it for some reason. I mean, I haven't read the comic myself. I mean, I might maybe give it a little bit of a read to see a little backstory on it. So, Nash, um, Cisco tries to um, connect with Nash, and due to his experiences with connecting with several Wells's, and you can kind of see that um, Tom Cavanaugh and Cisco Valdez, I mean, Carlos Valdez, sort of have a father and son bond. And in a sense, if you really think about it, Harrison Wells is sort of the, fa- the father that Cisco never had, in a sense. I mean, or at least a, Cisco is the son that um, Harrison Wells never had. From E.O. Barton, Harrison Wells, to Harry, to um, H.R. Wells, to even Sherlock Wells, and now probably even with Nash, I mean, or who knows, even with Priya and the Council of Wells, I mean, they, they always have this bond between Wells and Cisco. So, I mean, Nash is, you know, I mean, we're going to, I mean, Nash, I mean, he's a pretty interesting character, obviously. I mean, Tom Kavanaugh, he always has, like, these assortment of characters. It's like the 32 flavors of ice cream that Frost is trying right now. I mean, there's there's, like, different flavors of Tom Kavanaugh's Wells. But who knows what we might even get next season. I mean, it could be a Luke Skywalker version of Wells, or I don't know, maybe a, uh, I mean, there's so many Wells's out there, or maybe a Gordon Ramsay version of Wells. I mean, I don't know. Or a Chris Jericho version of Wells. I mean, the possibilities are endless. So let's see what else. Ah, yes. So um, actually, Nash uh, exits in a really cool way, sort of like how Batman would exit. And before you know, basically before Iris and Cisco could ask him more questions, he uses a smoke um, grenade and just runs out of her um, office of her newspaper. So now we're going to get go straight to Ralph Divney's mother. Now, in this arc, Ralph um, finds out that his mother was, you know, basically committed a crime, but then his mother is denying it, saying that, well, I didn't do it, and that he's trying to prove her innocence. So with the help of Cecile they go over to the cleaners, which is sort of like a bar in central city to kind of prove her innocence. And um, they try to get the money um, to, from the bar owner that Ralph knows so well, Ralph and his mother know so well um, to get the surveillance because the the, the, um, bar owner is requiring a fee for the surveillance tapes. However, um, Ralph cleverly is able to get the flash drive to see the surveillance tapes. And he discovers that yes, his mom, didn't really commit the crime however um she's talking to an old boyfriend that ralph knew very well and this ticks off ralph because he basically um learned that his mom kind of lied to him that men would leave her since his father left him and with ralph he grew up at you know you kind of could tell that he grew up without a father and it affected him so much because those men that his mom went out with he looked up to as his own dad so she tried, his mom tries to consult him, tries to call him Ralphie, but then he kicks her out of his office and he's just really upset. However, they, they're quick, they quickly make up and Ralph, you know, of course is remorseful that he snapped on his mother, but he told her that, you know, he told her that basically I looked up to all these men that you had in your life. I mean, why didn't you like tell me or, and his mother explains that, you know, since his father left, you know, she didn't want him to get upset. And that both of them aren't built for love. It kind of goes back to the last season when Caitlin and Ralph are talking about, you know, about love and all that. And like Caitlin, his mom tells him too that, you know, I want you to, you know, be happy. I want you to actually find some love in your life. And Ralph and his mother forgive. you know, they, they make up and Ralph forgives his mother. And he even gives her the book of Ralph, just trying to help her find find her happiness so I thought that was pretty cool, but now I want to go straight into blood work, um, Doctor Ramsey Rosso, um, and basically um, we could see that he's a man in pain um, because his understandably his mother died from a disease called HLH, and I think I looked up HLH, and it's sort of uh, I don't want, it's sort of like a condition where the organs get damaged, and the prognosis is. I mean, the prognosis kind of varies. I mean, I don't know too much about it. Don't quote me on that, but it's a, it's a, real, it's a real fatal disease, I would say. And, ah, here it is. Um, according to the primaryimmune.org um, website, it says that um, HLH is called hemophac- um lymphocytosis. It's a severe systemic inflama- inflammatory sy- syndrome that can be fatal syndrome can sometimes occur in normal people with medical problems that can cause a strong activation of the immune system, such as infection or cancer. HLH in these settings is called secondary HLH. So it it can come even after people are diagnosed. So it's a pretty rare, pretty rare disease. And it says here, um, I mean, there's a lot of information on this and I'm pretty, I'm actually kind of it's kind of interesting that they're bringing this to the forefront too. I mean, this condition and how it's sort of like, I mean, it's sort of Dr. Ross's, you know, motivation, especially his mom's death from this disease. Um, It's a motivation for him to get, to find a cure and get better. So Dr. Rosso, they, um, so Barry and Frosty, Killer Frost go to Dr. Ross's office and Caitlin almost wants to kill him or at least Killer Frost wants to kill him, but Barry talks her down. And they um, notice that there's a, you know, they notice that his office is a wreck because basically, um, little did they know, Rich Romero came from it and escaped. So it was um, Ramsey's fault that, that all that happened, obviously. So they decided to go back to Star Labs and work on appreh- at least getting Mitch Romero captured And um, Dr. Ramsey tries to steal the dark matter from Barry's lab. However, Barry catches him in the act. And he just tells him that, you know, I know you're desperate. I know that you're in, you know, I mean, I know that you're hurting and all that, though. but I can't have you do this. And Dr. Ramsey mentions something, and I thought it was really interesting. He tells, um, Dr. Rosa tells Barry, or rather, Ramsey tells Barry that, um, he, HLH is affecting him. This as much as affected his mother, and that he's marking a calendar before he dies. And it's been revealed that he has HLH himself, and that um, Ramsey somehow knows that Barry um, is counting the days before he dies as well. That he knows that he's, you know, he's like he's walking towards death with the uh, with the same bravery that his mother did, and that this is foreshadowing the crisis, the upcoming crisis, and. Um, he tells him too that it must be incredibly hard to tell his loved ones about his upcoming death, which actually makes Barry, it looks like it made Barry wonder like, shoot, should I tell Team Flash about what's going on? And it's crazy because um, I mean, this coming from a villain too, who you know, I mean, who's a doctor? I mean, kind of like Dr. Ambrose from the last season, I mean, who has a Hippocratic oath to save lives and not actually take them. So I don't think Dr. Rosso is necessarily a killer. He just wants to he just wants to cure a disease that is killing him and killed his mother. But in such a way that he will be willing to do anything to actually accomplish that. And we see we kind of see that towards the, you know, sort of towards the end, too, where I mean he's starting to do um, test trials with Romero's blood, but before that. We see that Mitch Romero breaks into Star Labs and he basically tries to kill um it seemingly tries to kill Ramsey, but Ramsey discovers that when he tells him to stop, he discovers that he has a power to control um to control dark matter infected meadows. And he or at least with the you know, with the meta blood. And after Barry and Caitlin, or rather Killer Frost, successfully defeat Mitch by giving him large amounts of dark matter, um, Dr. Ross discovers that he's found a potential cure for HLH, finally. So, I mean, that's going to be a pretty big, you know, development. I mean, I would like to see more of that, um, just how he further develops a cure for this HLH, and what's he going to do from there after that? Because obviously, he's going to be a pretty big villain this season if not the villain um and especially after the crisis i mean team flash i feel again i probably said this in the last podcast he's going to have a lot i mean team flash is going to have a lot on their plate dealing with this guy it's going to probably be like cicada but times 2 maybe you know sort of like with the with a metahuman cure so we're going straight to the end where um killer frost's birthday party um frost discovers that uh, you know basically everyone's all happy Barry put up a party for killer frost and killer frost actually invited everyone over to star labs and i was kind of wondering too if people in star labs would like discover like the vault somehow if someone's drunk and like all of a sudden just opens up and like oh crap i think we found the Flash's lair but obviously thank goodness that seemingly did not happen well seemingly right but anyway um, Barry's outside, um, away from the party, and then Frost discovers that, um, you know, she she actually deduces that Barry's not going to make it in the crisis, despite everyone else apparently making it, because she said that, you know, she likes to go white water rafting sometime. But then Barry says, like, yeah, that would be really cool. And she's like, well, how come you're not matching yourself? Like, go on with, with us. I mean, it sounds like you're not going to make it, right? Or it sounds like you're not going to make it, huh? So basically... This prompts him, and because Iris comes in, says like we, you know, maybe we should tell him the truth. So they finally tell Team Flash that you know he's going to die, and what the monster told him, and everything, and that he had a vision of him dying to save everyone from the crisis. And I think it was really interesting too, because I forgot to mention one scene where Barry and Killer Frost are talking, and they're actually training because Frost is upset about the crisis, and she's angry. And Barry tells her that, you know, there's going to be a crisis coming. There's always going to be some meta hell bent on destroying everything. But, you know, we have to do what we can to live our best lives, you know, until then. And it really, it was really interesting, too, because, like, I mean, that's a lesson for all of us, I think, because, I mean... What crisis is teaching me is that we all have a, you know, I mean, we we, we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, we're not always guaranteed tomorrow. I think that's the message from this episode or just from the crisis in general, crisis of infinite earths. We're never guaranteed tomorrow. And, you know, there's always a chance that, I mean, God forbid that our earth could very well disappear or a crisis could actually happen. You never know. Or maybe someone hell bent on destroying everything could actually, you know, I mean, not to be negative, though, but this is why we have to live our best lives. And I think the message from this episode is just that we need to be real with ourselves, you know, do the stuff that we always wanted to do. And and really, um, and I've been dealing with this, too, myself. I mean, for me personally, I mean, like, I've been dealing with that myself, too, where, like. There are things that I probably should have done, but I haven't done yet, but probably should do that because you know, I mean, you never you never know. I mean, it's really serious because I mean you look you look at it, look at it this way. In society, you have people who work jobs that they don't like for for instance, and they're not they're not the happiest people on the planet. I mean and you can wonder why so many people are so upset because they're not living their best lives, they're not living their potential, probably because someone told them that oh, they wouldn't amount to this, or maybe they have a certain fear that is holding them back. But it's like what Barry said, there's always going to be a crisis. You know I mean? There's always going to be something that is threatening someone's or perhaps the whole world's existence. But that doesn't mean you should be afraid of doing what you want to do. And I think, you know, Killer Frost taught us that too, in a sense. So um, toward the end of the episode, um, we do see Nash find something in the seer which i can assume be attorney or perhaps something else i don't know does it involve a monitor who knows but yeah so that's gonna do it that's gonna wrap it up for that review of the episode i thought it was a really great episode i i enjoyed it i mean especially that whole message of just you know learning how to live the best life before you know i mean before you know before anything i mean it should, it should be a motivator, and I think that's what I want all you constant listeners to take from this. It's just that I want you all to live your best life. I mean, if you're unhappy, um, reevaluate what you really want to do and go for it. I mean, if someone says, oh, you know, I mean, like, if, even if someone says otherwise, you don't have to listen to them. I mean, you can tell them that, you know what, If especially if it's a loved one, even, like, I respect you, you know, or a respected one, or someone you respect it's like you know i respect your opinion though but i feel that i need to do this i need to at least try you know i need to at least i need to at least try because if i don't then i'll never know and then i'll continue being unhappy and i think it, it comes down to you and i think it's a part of self-love for you to be happy for you to give yourself your own happiness and not for others you come first before others come you see what i'm saying because if you don't uh, uh, you know address yourself. How are you gonna address others? How are you gonna love others if you don't love yourself? So, I mean, that's the big takeaway from this episode and from this podcast. That I want all you to understand, or to for you just to take away. So that's gonna wrap it up for this episode. Um, feel free to follow me on Twitter at Brian. Um, actually, I got a new Twitter handle. It's not um, Brian's Comics Number. It's not Brian's Comics Number One anymore. It's actually um, Brian from Mert Sixteen. Um, That's my new Twitter handle. I switched it, or I changed it, rather. <laughs> Switch change, you know. That's my new, that's going to be, that's pretty much my new Twitter handle. It's um, Brian from, at Brian from Earth 16. And you can also, or no, Brian of Earth 16. I'm sorry. That's my new Twitter handle, Brian of Earth 16. And you can also follow, of course, follow the DC Comic Books Geeks Nation podcast at, um let's see you can also follow you can also follow the pod um our podcast i'm so sorry i'm i'm just kind of mixed up here at dc comics geeks um at, at twitter and yeah so that's gonna pretty much do it for this episode um thank you so much for listening y'all um i hope you all have a good um rest of your week and as i always say stay ever so awesome this is brian of third 16 signing out <laughs> Oh,